0: Welcome to the Memory Hole Show, where we talk about interesting ideas, promote freedom, and push back against authoritarianism. I'm your host, Brian. So a quick shout out to Millette, who left feedback over on MemoryHoleShow.com and did it on my birthday. How special is that? Thank you. Don't forget, when you leave feedback, assuming it's appropriate, I'll read it out in the intro or at least give you a shout out. It's the least I can do for my listeners. So this week, I have some homework for you. Head on over to memoryholeshow.com. You'll see the show notes for this episode number 55. In there, I've linked a video that you need to watch. It's of the speech that I'll be covering. But before you do that, show me some love, like, share, subscribe to the podcast, and head on over to memoryholeshow.com. Check out the show notes I put there for everybody. And if you're so inclined, leave me a five-star review. It helps to get these messages out there. Every little bit helps, and I really appreciate it. And now, to the show. Okay, so I've been seeing these videos lately on Twitter where one student beats up another student. And all the while, everyone watches or records the beatdown, but nobody does anything to stop the fighting. Now, I know part of the purpose of those videos is to try to blame one ethnic group for violence. Those videos are designed as a division tactic. Don't fall for that trap. What you should be concerned with is this question. Are we a society of simps? As a contrast to those videos, I saw a different video online recently. It was by a student named Grant Taylor. He had just finished his freshman year at high school. It was an inspiring video because it showed bravery in the face of this collective fear of upsetting the woke ideology. This is a kid with more balls than almost any adult I know. And that's a sad state that we're in when a kid in the room has to play adult because all the adults have tucked their confidence between their legs, like sorry dogs do with their tails. So in this video, he talks about what is actually going on in the school system. And let's be honest, there isn't a much better case to be made for school choice than what he describes in this video. So here's the first clip.
1: Schools are quickly becoming a place where promoting activism is actually more important than promoting education.
0: I've mentioned it before, schools very quickly became indoctrination centers where people learn how to be woke activists rather than focusing on reading, writing and math. And don't get me wrong, there have been and always will be things that are wrong in the world. Striving to reduce those wrong things is good, but there comes a point where it's too much, where it starts to backfire. This reminds me of the economic idea called the Laffer Curve. This is an explanation of how taxes that are collected by a government affect how much money the government has at its disposal. Up to a certain point, the government will get more and more of your money at little to no cost to them. But after a certain point, the extra increase in taxes will end up costing the government more than the benefit it gains. This is because after a certain point, people become too poor to support themselves and have to depend on the government for support. That's a new cost that is directly related to the increase in taxes beyond a certain point. In the same way, making people aware of injustices in the world is good, but to a certain point. I'm okay with teaching kids about those things up to a limit, But after a certain point, it costs students in other ways. There's only so much time in a day to learn, and time spent doing the all-woke, all-the-time activism will take time away from the foundational skills like reading, writing, and math. And those skills like reading, writing, and math, I might add, can help to fix many of the injustices we see in the world as well. Next up, Grant talks about a speech his principal gave about equity. In the speech, many ethnic groups are mentioned, but Grant's group is not. This modern inclusivity thing is anything but inclusive. After the speech, Grant reflects. You must admit how uncomfortable it will
1: be to be characterized just by your skin color on the first day of school and be thought that you were wrong just because of your skin color.
0: Here's one of the problems with the diversity, inclusivity and equity movement. They promote principles that are variable, which is the opposite of what a principle is supposed to be. Let me give you a couple of examples. Example number one. Here's a statement. It's okay for blank to get an education. Now, if you said it's okay for men to get an education, but also said it's not okay for women to get an education, then your principle is discriminatory. Or if you said it's okay for white people to get an education, but also said it's not okay for black people to get an education, then your principle is discriminatory. At this point, people's sex or skin color are just uniforms that they wear and that's all they should be judged upon. And this is very wrong and it's divisive. Principles are meant to be uniform and non-variable. Okay, so next up Grant talks about how the principal attempts to unify the students.
1: And in our principal's attempt to unify us, he instead created unwarranted boundaries and barriers between his students, pitting us against each other based on characteristics that we can't control.
0: This is like calling the fire department before the fire starts. But in this case, the fire department starts the fire that they end up having to put out. In that process, many fires are created that didn't need to start. I get that we all do try to implement fire safety measures at home with things like fire alarms and whatnot. But there's a big difference between a fire alarm and a fire truck. One of them is a preventative measure, like trying to teach kids to be respectful to each other. The other is like this speech that the principal gave that incites division amongst the students. Okay, so here's the next clip from Grant.
1: There are political signs all over RHS, specific about specific races that matter, specific sexual orientations that matter, and specific perspectives that matter.
0: When you speak with woke people that support all these political symbols in schools, they always say that they aren't political symbols, that they're inclusive and about love. What they can't see is that those symbols are the symbols of their belief system. Think about the Confederate flag. Imagine having that flag in schools and the proponents would claim it isn't political, that it's just a symbol of pride and unity. Even the awful swastika was a symbol of divinity and spirituality by many religions before it was adopted by Nazi Germany. The point is, symbols mean different things to different people. I can easily see why a swastika or a confederate flag would be offensive to have in a school. But I can also see why people would be bothered by pride flags as well. They shouldn't be pasted all over the classroom like a state-approved religion. Okay, here's the next clip. So when I questioned why the
1: equity statement couldn't represent all students, they told me that to even ask that question was outlandish
0: and offensive. Okay, so here's a question. What is the point of school? I would say it's to learn. How does learning happen? By looking at many ideas, by making mistakes, by learning from mistakes, by learning about perspectives, by gaining experience. We have to do this because we aren't born with divine knowledge. We aren't perfect. If repetition is the mother of learning, then making mistakes is the father of experience. If students are held down by all these idea no-go zones, then they aren't truly learning. They're being indoctrinated. Plus, it assumes that the ideas that are being taught are infallible. One thing my buddy Steve taught me many years ago was about the idea of falsifiability as it pertains to science. Ideas in science have to be falsifiable, as in there has to be a way to prove an idea false. If, by definition, an idea isn't falsifiable, then it doesn't belong in science. We see this here with this woke indoctrination. You can't question it unless you desire to get a beat down from the woke mob. So when you're taught that everything is oppressor versus oppressed, which is really a rebrand of the Marxist bourgeoisie versus the proletariat, but in a bigger umbrella, then what do you think will be the consequences? People will start to behave according to what their impressionable minds have been taught. It's hard to resist this machine when you're a kid against the admins and the woke students. Even people that might agree with you aren't willing to speak up, which doesn't help either. Grant puts it from his perspective.
1: To be honest, after enduring a year of the people in charge telling me that I'm a racist and I'm privileged and pointing out our irreversible differences,
0: I've never noticed race more. Well, there you have it, right from the student's mouth. When there is no balance in handling a topic like injustice, but instead there's a constant stream of indoctrination, like a repeat TV episode that never ends, the unintended consequences can often be a complete rejection of those ideas. When that happens, you not only lose a potential ally, but you potentially create an enemy. Like most things in life, if you put forth a good idea, people will be persuaded. The fact that these topics have to be forced in schools constantly using peer pressure and shame tactics tells you that maybe, just maybe, your approach isn't good. How is it progress to replace one injustice with another? Switching who should be looked down upon from one group to another is still the same injustice. The injustice isn't which group is being held down or treated badly. The injustice is the behavior and attitudes towards whichever group is being treated badly. Although creating these divisions is a big business nowadays, don't let yourself fall victim to it. Don't be somebody else's pawn. Treat people fairly, be honest, and think for yourself. As I mentioned in the intro, The video is linked at memoryholeshow.com, so you could have a watch of the entire speech. I just covered a small portion of it. And don't forget, while you're there, you can leave feedback that will come directly to my phone. Or if you just want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm my handle's at memoryholeshow. Oh yeah, and one last thing. After you're done liking, sharing, and subscribing, have you guys checked out the videos that I've been putting out on YouTube and Rumble? I'm curious to see what you think. Leave me some feedback. Until next week, speak up or you'll get Memory Hold. All content from the MemoryHoleShow.com and the Memory Hole Show podcast is for the purpose of entertainment and presented solely as opinion.